Hi, it's Mark Bittman, and welcome to Food. As always, you can reach out to us, food at markbittman.com. We'd love to hear anything that you'd like to tell us, and we will respond. Please also consider subscribing to our near-daily newsletter, The Bitman Project, at bitmanproject.com or at markbitman.com. And of course, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts and to rate it as long as you're going to say nice things about us. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. We're all drinking more water these days, and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. 
Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water, less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you won't be buying bottled water, and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code Bittman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code Bittman, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. Hello, and welcome to Food with Mark Bittman. I'm Kate Bittman. I'm also joined today by Mark. Don't worry, I'm just here to introduce the episode. We have a very special guest today who was introduced to us not long ago by our colleague, the wonderful Holly Haynes, who's been on this podcast. Hopefully you've seen her beautiful Instagram. You've seen her on the Bittman Project. Holly did us the pleasure of introducing us to her friend, Hetel Vasavada. Hetel made her name on season six of MasterChef, which she was on with Holly, naturally, and which she told us some pretty great stories about. Pretty funny stories, I should say. Now she's known for her fantastic desserts, which she calls not 100% Indian and not quite American. So a sort of American or European-style dessert with Indian flavors, perhaps, or vice versa. Think mango lassi souffle, think saffron icebox cake, think orange and cardamom cinnamon rolls, all recipes from her book, Milk and Cardamom, which is also the name of her blog. Absolutely delicious. And Diwali is right around the corner, October 24th this year. So this episode is both a celebration of that holiday, one that Hetel loves, plus a celebration of her, a wonderful baker and author, who we had so much fun talking to. You'll see how much fun we had. Here's the conversation. Hetel, can you tell us about the MasterChef cattle call? So it's a wild experience. One, my contract is up, so I can say whatever I want. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the initial process is they, they had like, you know, the city open call auditions that they typically do for these reality shows, right? where they line you up outside of some hotel and make you come in. Um, So I went, and this was like early September, maybe late August, uh, to the San Francisco open call and waited in line for about six hours to be seen. They would hurdle you in 20 at a time and you had three minutes to plate your dish. So you had to bring your food with you. The poor girl who was behind me made mushroom soup and had been clearly sitting in the container for like six hours at that point. So I'd like turned this unappetizing gray color. That broken grainy thing. Yeah. And then another guy brought a toaster with him. Um, (laughs) Kind of cool. (laughs) I didn't know what he... And then like someone else uh, made homemade tacos, but like didn't cut the vegetables. So I guess they thought they would cut everything up in three minutes. I was the only person that brought a dessert. I made like a, a 
a white chocolate ganache um, cardamom tart with like pistachio crust. Um, and I just put it on a pretty plate, sprinkled on some pistachios and called it a day. And, you know, I'm looking next to me to all the other people in the room because there's 20 of us that they bring in and they have two chefs um, try like one tries 10, the other tries 10. And then, you know, ask you difficult questions like, oh, how did you make the the mousse for this? What were the steps? And do you think the salt is correct in this? And just like little technical questions to kind of like flub you up a little bit. And they picked a few of us to move on to the next room. And it's kind of like when you go in line for a roller coaster where like you think you're almost at the end of the line and it's just another room. <laughs> <laughs> like security at at JFK the yeah. other day. <laughs> exactly. You're like, oh, no. So we go eat in a room. And at this point, since we'd been there so long, we actually were like, oh my God, do you have extra food? We're also hungry. So we all like put all our food on the table and just kind of had a feast um, amongst us folks that made it to the next round. And then they called us into a room and lined us up and the casting producers asked us questions like, why MasterChef? Why food? Kind of like, what is your story? In reality, let's be real. They're asking like, what's your sob story? Because... That's what they want. Yeah. Right. and I mean, I didn't have one other than like, I'm changing careers from healthcare to food. And then they picked only like four of us from my group to do an on-camera interview to see if we're awkward on camera. And during this interview, they kept trying to figure out like what our persona would be. So initially they tried to pawn me off as like the Jersey bitch. <laughs> oh my goodness. You're like, yeah, I could, do, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... I know I'm from Jersey and stuff, but like, we're not all mean. We're not all Jersey Shore. That's so funny. Our Actually, my season, we got a talk from the producers because we were all too nice to each other. And they sat us down and we're like, you guys are too nice. Because <laughs> like, we'd be helping each other from like the deck while like there would be a team down there for elimination. We'd be like walking each other through the recipes and like helping each other. And they're like, you need to stop doing that. And we're like, but we like each other. <laughs> it, it's wild. The contracts are crazy. <laughs> They're like, we want to own your image, your NFTs in perpetuity. We'll pay you 40 bucks a day. Oh my God. Is it really $40 a day? $42 a day. And that's a per diem. Oh my God. So it covers your lunch. And yeah. Like- and, and filming is typically like close to three months if you make it all the way through. Yeah. It, it's- that's incredible. Yeah, I think it's a part of reality TV. It started coming out. You start seeing a lot more articles now, especially with the non-food reality shows like America's Next Top Model um, and like a couple other like popular reality shows. What about live or alive? What's that one that I like where they stick you on a desert island? Oh, and- alone. He loves alone. alone. I love that show. Oh Do you my think God. they pay those people? They're like starving themselves to no. death. They want publicity. Hey, do you want to go to a place where you're going to freeze your ass off and you have mm-hmm. to build your own house and you're going to starve to death and we're not going to pay you? And you'll get sick. Yeah. Yeah. It, and really it's wild. Li- I really do like that. Show, I have to admit. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I do appreciate about the show is the amount of um, respect they have for the food that they find uh, or hunt. 
and the way they talk about right their like like when some of them catches like a <laughs> rabbit or you know uh, any sort of animal well, the amount that of guy who was like catching mice yeah and he was like here's a mouse fillet <laughs> he was eating them yeah, yeah. And he's like here's a mouse fillet it's about half a bite you know it's like <laughs> weighs about three grams he was squishing them between two rocks, so they were like flattened too. On top of that, it's wild. But they have like so much reverence for the like the food they oh, can that's a get. Good point. That and they good eat point. everything. You never see them waste anything. You'll see them eat the brain, the eyeballs, whatever they can. You know, get get the most out of that animal. They'll save the fur to make themselves like a scarf. They'll like it's so resourceful. And it's yeah. kind of like, oh, we're so far removed from that now. <laughs> yeah, they're like wild survivalist types. Really interesting. You were a finalist on season six of MasterChef. Uh, and it's a completely, as we've discussed, a completely pressure-laden experience for anyone. But you, I read that you also felt the additional pressure of representing your culture and representing vegetarianism and veganism and I mean, I just can't imagine being under that kind of pressure because it's like being under a microscope. So do you want to talk about what that was like a little bit? Yeah. Oh, can I just so, interrupt for a second? Plus, you had to represent bitchy people from New Jersey. So there's that yeah. also. <laughs> <laughs> All of it together. It was a lot of pressure. Uh, the funny part is they decided to edit me not as a bitchy person from New Jersey. I curse. <laughs> it's it's in. I curse a lot. It's just how I am. It's how I grew up. We use all the explicitives, and they you're talking to out. the right people. Yeah, they edited <sighs> all of my curse words out, and actually put me down as the model minority Asian. They they wore my wardrobe was all ethnic print dresses. They made mm. me straighten my hair, uh, keep it long, like. The, the look they created for me was very model minority, even down to the questions and the way they interviewed me. But um, representing one Indians or, or this is in general uh, on reality TV in a food competition, the stress I had is very difficult because I didn't have access to the typical ingredients I would have access to. So I was trying to make do with what I had. Like they wouldn't have mung beans, right? But they had green lentils. So for a rice challenge, I made kitchdi, but I used green lentils instead of mung beans. And I got like slaughtered on Twitter and Reddit um, by other Indians because they're like, that's not authentic. That's mm. not real. Um, right. You know? And the other thing was being a vegetarian. One, they made me repeat it over and over and over again, making me sound like I was some sort of insufferable, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> vegan slash vegetarian. Like, you know, that stereotypical... And I, I'm not one to tout my vegetarianism. It's just like, I grew up this way. It is what it is. But they made me repeat it so often that non-vegetarians on Twitter also started hating on me and saying, like, oh, wait, I forgot. Are you vegetarian? Like being facetious about it. Of and course. Yeah. So it just did not help. Um and then I cooked. Oh, they there's so many beef challenges on that season. And I think they did it on purpose. <laughs> there was steak after steak after steak challenge. It was ridiculous. And I had to cook it all. And I did. And like, weirdly enough, I won many of the meat challenges, uh, like beef Wellington and uh, a goat head. And why? Also, yeah. I don't know why they, and it's like more meat than any other season. Um, 
But I knew my time was up on the show when the goat head, the animal head challenge came up because it was a mystery box challenge and each person had to go behind a different box and each box had a different animal head. I got a goat head, but the person behind me got like a cow head and someone else got a, a pig head. But these carcass, they had been under a box in like warm temperatures for like, I don't know how long, but they reeked. And my gag reflex is going off because it smelled. And I I was tearing up because of that. And they made my tearing up from gagging look like I was crying because they're animal heads. Because you were so sad about the poor animals. And I was just like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Uh, But um, or they would like do things where they could try. Everyone could try the dish before they make it. And of course, I couldn't try half the things because I couldn't eat it. And then at some point, the, the judges kept saying, like, if you can't taste the food, you can't be a good chef. And I could tell, like, OK, it's my time to go now. Hmm. They're trying to get in my head. They're trying to hmm. get in my head. And at that point, I was over it. It's not who cooks the best. It's who can mentally handle all the pressure and the n- little jabs the longest. And also being, you know, Indian, I made sure I said Gujarati a lot, like the region I'm from, the state I'm from in India, because I'm not an expert in South Indian food. I'm not an expert in Punjabi food. Like I've eaten it, but I don't know the ins and outs and like uh, the variety and uh, of everything or the regionality of the cuisines um, as much as I know about Gujarati food. So I tried to like say like I know Gujarati food because I knew that Indians would come for me if I said something wrong. I mean. A good example is Priya Krishna and Bon Appetit, right? They they came after her during in one of her um, videos. She had mentioned something about something being from uh, New Delhi when it was not. But it's a lot of pressure to be like, oh, you're supposed to be the Indian food expert, the spice queen. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, I, how can you be an expert on a country with scores of different cuisines and a billion people? Yeah, it was a. A lot of pressure. Um, I got messages. Oh, she must not be a real vegetarian. She must be faking it because I cooked so much meat and won so many of the meat challenges. <laughs> um, and for a while, my husband would try and like, you know, respond back in the Reddit forums and stuff. Because uh, in one of the episodes, I was being completely sarcastic. And I was like, oh, another steak challenge. The gods must hate me. Like as a joke. <laughs> as a joke. And they took it very seriously. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. And my husband's in the forum. Like, do you know what a hyperbole is? <laughs> so I was like, it's okay. Just leave it. I'm just going to, like, hang back and not respond. I, like, totally shunned away from social media for quite a bit. And uh, I think this happens with a lot of folks that go on any sort of food competition. You tend to... um bond with your co-contestants over the trauma because you know you're being woken up in the middle of the night to go cook like a hundred portions of chicken for like famous people in vegas or uh they're not feeding you properly or they're you know just emotionally and mentally messing with you on top of putting you in these impossible challenges at least you're getting 42 dollars a day i know make that money So you're not going to do that again. No, never again. No, I'm like, I would be happy to come back as a judge. 
And of course, like this season, Gordon Ramsay has like a full vegan or vegetarian challenge. Um, and he talks about how much he loves vegans. And I'm like, my season, he was saying how much he hated vegetarians. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, folks. A word from our friends at Made In. Did you know that most of the dishes in Tom Colicchio's craft restaurant are made in, made in pots and pans? The braised short ribs, made in, made in. The Rohan duck, made in, made in. The heritage pork chop, you got it, made in, made in. Which isn't surprising. Made in has been supplying top chefs and restaurants with high-end cookware for years. For the simple reason that Made In makes exactly what demanding chefs are looking for. Their carbon steel cookware, for example, combines the best of cast iron and stainless steel, gets super hot, and is rugged enough for grills or an open flame. Best of all, Made In is sold online, so their professional-grade cookware is far more affordable than other iron brands. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes on menus all around the world have in common. They're made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from the 18th until the 27th. Visit madeincookware.com. That's madeincookware.com. Thanks. Hi, folks. We have a new sponsor and an interesting one. We all take about 20,000 breaths a day, and Americans spend about 90% of our time indoors. That indoor air that we breathe can be up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air, according to the EPA. And indoor air pollutants can cause respiratory symptoms like sneezing, congestion, scratchy throat, and even more serious health problems like lung and heart disease. So, what's the solution? Introducing Air Doctor, the air purifier that filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so your lungs don't have to. This includes allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code BITMAN, B-I-T-T-M-A-N, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to our listeners, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com. That's A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code BITMAN.
Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. We're all drinking more water these days, and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water, less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you won't be buying bottled water, and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code Bittman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code Bittman, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. Hey, it's Kate. Before we get back to the interview, I wanted to let you know that we have three copies of Hetel's book, Milk and Cardamom, for giveaway. So check out the show notes in this week's episode and you'll see how to enter there. Thanks for listening and back to the interview. Let's talk about your wonderful book, Milk and Cardamom. First time I was in India was 20 years ago and um, I was mostly in Delhi but I've been elsewhere since. And obviously the regional desserts are incredible and and the way that milk is treated is just, I don't think there's any place else in the world that does that kind of like 
okay, we're going to take 20 gallons of milk now and reduce it to a tablespoon and call that dessert. Um, <laughs> and you'd be surprised what happens. I mean, I'm not educated enough to describe the desserts accurately or know all the names, but that was really mind-blowing. And I'm wondering, Desi food in general mm-hmm. has sort of made a dent in the United States as an important cuisine. The desserts, I think, if you ask people, they'll say kulfi and gulab jalman. And yeah. I, I don't know if anyone goes much past that. And yet, these are like, they're weird. I mean, to if you didn't grow up with them, they're like, but they're not weird in an inaccessible, like, uh, ooh, kind of way. They're weird and like, holy cow, this is amazing. And... And yet you don't see them. And I wonder if it's just there's too much skill in making them or there's something. I don't know. What yeah. What do you think about that? I think it's a mix of things, honestly. Um, one, there's a lot of technical skill. You know, in a European and American baking, everything's, at least in candy making, um, everything's based off temperature, right? You have your hard cracks, soft, etc. cetera. Uh, in Indian sweet making, a lot of the sugar syrups is based off of one string, two string. So you would rub this, the sugar syrup between your fingers and pull apart. And when you get one string consistency, that's when you add your nut powder in to make the nut fudges or, or burfi. Um, two string will give you a other type of consistency um, to make uh, like brittles and things like that. But it's about feel. Um, it's a lot more tactile. Uh, and, and it obviously takes time to know when it looks right. The other thing is it's expensive products. I mean, you're using like expensive pistachios and cashews and saffron and cardamom. And it's all fairly expensive for the. I mean, if you want to make good matai. <laughs> um, Pretty labor intensive too, now that I mm-hmm. think about it and time consuming. Yeah, very much so. Um, my mom made everything at home, which I, I learned later on in life that that is not normal. <laughs> Um, but my mom would make all her matai at home. I mean, she woke up at like six in the morning when I was in New Jersey and made a bunch of laddus for my daughter, um, toasting whole wheat flour and ghee until it got really nutty, which takes like, it's like you're constantly stirring, constantly like watching and waiting for that aroma to hit and that visual um, cue to stop cooking the whole wheat flour before adding the nut powder and then the sugar syrup to like make it hold like it's it takes time to make um is one and there just really aren't that many spots in the US that sell them there's like a couple like everyone knows of Sukardias in Edison New Jersey Rajbog in Edison New Jersey um there aren't many out here actually there, I only know of one in the bay area and that's like 2 hours away it's just difficult to make and mass produce uh, and and the cost is quite high in the U.S., right? Because the ingredients are just expensive. There's this huge negative connotation that Indian desserts are like extremely sugar laden, which kind of yes, kind of no. Aren't all desserts? I mean, I mean it's kind of yeah, it's kind of <laughs> yeah, idea. like it's kind of all desserts. Um, I mean, what else do you expect out of a country that you know basically invented? Um, processed sugar. <laughs> it's it's in everything, but 
I think if you make it right, add the salt, you add your lemon or lime juice to the sugar syrup to kind of cut through the sweetness a little bit. And it works out and it's beautiful. The other thing is the portion sizes are very small in India for Mithai. There may be two bites max, maybe three. That's how I prefer dessert. I don't want a big piece of something. I'd rather have a couple sweet bites. So Indian desserts, when I've had them, have always been extremely appealing. And I'm not, I don't really like American style cake. I I just, I'm not a big desserts person. But I do, (laughs) your book was appealing to me because I do love Indian flavors. And like many other people, I'm a little intimidated by making Indian desserts. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, you know, cardamom is like one of my absolute favorite spices. So the obsession is real. Um, (laughs) Like, uh, I guess a good example of like why Indian desserts aren't, traditional Indian desserts aren't as popular. Um, I did a traditional pista burfi or pistachio burfi um, recipe for food and wine. Um, I had a, a feature and I did it and I even did a video with it showing how to search for the one string consistency and everything. It's probably the lowest rated recipe <laughs> from all the Diwali recipes that I have. Oh my God. Are you serious? I'm serious. People are like, it didn't work. Um, I'm like, or it crumbled up. It crystallized. And I'm like, it means you overcooked your sugar or you didn't use a scale or. Or sometimes it takes more than one try. Imagine. <laughs> but don't people understand that those kinds of techniques can take time? It's like making meringue. How is it any oh, yeah. different? Or, or I mean, French macarons, right? Like when, when you make them and they don't work out, it's not, oh, the recipe was wrong. It's, oh, I messed something up in the technique. See, I would just assume, me personally, I would just assume the latter, at least on the first try, I would never blame the recipe when it came to something that was, you know, very technique driven. I would absolutely yeah. assume it was my fault. Same. I'm the same way. I'm like, it's my fault. Um, (laughs) I think the joys of being a recipe writer, that's probably (laughs) one of them, right? I don't know if you ever get these um, for some of your recipes, but I'll get messages or comments like, hey, I made this and um, I, you know, it didn't work out. And I'll be like, hey, did you make any substitutions? Like, well, I substituted the eggs for applesauce and I substituted the sugar for honey. (laughs) And I used almond flour instead of all purpose flour. And I'm like, (laughs) can we talk about Diwali because it's coming up and I know you love it. Uh, I want to hear. So uh, my son's school is actually closed on Diwali, which I love because um, a lot of schools are not. And so he got, he was in kindergarten last year and he got really excited about it because the teachers did a bunch around it. And there were some kids who celebrated it in his class. And he was like, why can't we celebrate Diwali? And then This year, he's just asking all these questions. And I realized I don't know that much about it, which is ignorant. And um, then he said to me, you'll like this. I think Diwali means that you are awake at night and you sleep during the day. And I was like, what is this kid talking about? (laughs) So yesterday after school, we were with a friend of ours who is Indian. And he said this to her. And she was like, I think he's saying that because of the time difference in India. And so when they're teaching the kids, like, you know, how you have a little kid, like she sort of the way that they process (laughs) things is so funny. So, yeah. So he basically thinks like you're 
a vampire if when you're celebrating Diwali <laughs> and you are awake I mean, at night. <laughs> there's some facts to it because Diwali is a festival of lights and when it, you know, we're fireworks and candles and a lot of um what do you call the lanterns, the the candle lanterns, paper you lanterns. Send those up. Uh yes are sent up at night a lot in, in um, places during Diwali. Fireworks is like an all-day kind of thing, including night. So <laughs> here you go. Pretty accurate. He um, wasn't wrong. <laughs> yeah, I feel like... So for me growing up, Diwali was the one time I could skip school. So we didn't get off from school with my parents. It's the only time my mom was like, okay with us not going to school. It signifies our new year. Uh, and new beginnings. Normally, you would wear brand new clothes. You go visit um, your family and friends and you bring them boxes of matai or sweets. Um, and you basically, that's supposed to signify like start your new year with sweetness and a, a sweet moment. It's a time to just kind of like see each other and meet each other and also blow up a ridiculous amount of fireworks and sparklers and <laughs> uh, really just have fun. Like, I remember my mom would take us to all her friends' houses, and I each one I'd only see during Diwali, these folks, and I named them after the food they would give us when we go to the house. So there's an ice cream auntie that always gave us ice cream when we go into her house. There's chocolate <laughs> uncle. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd ask my mom, like, are we going to ice cream auntie's house today? <laughs> I love those nicknames. And the funny thing is, it has now passed on to my daughter my daughter calls Buja from Malai ice cream, ice cream auntie. <laughs> or ice cream Masi, really. Masi means mom's sister. It's like, like if a relation. But uh, yeah, she's like, oh, are you going to go see ice cream Masi when we go home to New Jersey? <laughs> so, so I love, sweet. That. love that it's continuing with her. But the whole purpose of the Uali is really to celebrate the good over evil i think a typical holiday for most religions i feel like right it's good over evil you know a, a lightness and, and dark all that kind of stuff but it, like the way i celebrated growing up is so far removed from how my mom celebrated it in india because the whole town is celebrating it you know everyone's outside whereas uh you know in new jersey we just kind of were like going to individual houses nothing really special maybe i'd get show show up to school in my indian clothes <laughs> But moving to the Bay Area, I see huge Diwali celebrations now where they'll do like a full park takeover and the community is actually, the community center is hosting it and they'll have henna stations and little shops and all the street food carts. And um, I think it's really cool that it's changing. I love that your son's school actually takes off. It's a part of, I think, diversity education, right? Yeah. And I think that's important in most schools. I, I've learned that that is not... My my school in Jersey taught it. We had like... We learned about Chinese New Year and all the, you know, Jewish holidays and everything. But going to college, you realize, oh, not everyone's gotten that education. Right. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. But I'm so glad that he does. And, yeah. you know, they, they celebrate the Lunar New Year at, uh, at school too. Do you feel like having diversity education for your son, that your son is more open to trying different foods from different cultures? Oh my gosh. Early on. No. He will not oh, no. eat anything. <laughs> it's like he will change. That's funny. People are always like, Kate, don't worry about it because 
you guys eat all kinds of foods. You are a good cook. Like he will start to eat eventually. So I'm trying not to stress myself out about it too much, but it'll come. Uh, the other day he told me, I will never, ever eat fish in my entire life. And I said, oh, you eat smoked salmon all the time. You love <laughs> lox. That's fish. And he goes, oh, okay. That's the only exception. <laughs> I'll have to fix that. So do you, I'm sure there are like traditional foods and then I'm sure you have your own traditions for Diwali. Mm-hmm. What, do, what do you like? How has it changed since your mom cooked for you? So Diwali every year. So my family is huge. My mom's got six sisters and a brother. My dad's got six brothers and two sisters. And I lived in a joint family, meaning at any point in my life, there was like 10 to 14 people living in the house with me. My dad's brothers and their wives and their kids, my mom's sisters and their wives and their kids. So granted, every meal was like a production, but the volley was huge. And we were shoving like 100 plus people into a house and you know how they have like the French brigade system? We had the auntie brigade system where like each person, like you're in charge of the rotli, the fat, like the dough and the flatbread. You're in charge of the the different um, curries. You're in charge of dessert. You're in charge of prepping the veg. You're in charge of the soup and the uh, the dal and the rice. Um, and we all had our little rolls. But when Diwali came, we initially started by doing like a traditional Gujarati meal, but... Um, more fancy. So we have a dish called undu, which is um, typically yam. God, I don't know the English word, but it's a, a, a specific bean, eggplant, and usually a bunch of other vegetables on top sometimes. And something called mutia, which is like a chickpea flour dumpling. You make it and it takes a really long time to cook. Um, so that is something that you would make. And it's called undu because undu means to flip upside down. You would flip it upside down. Um, when you serve it and booty, which uh, is also time consuming to make because you have to flatten it to the perfect thinness and so that it puffs up when you put it in the oil. We started using tortilla presses for that. That was a very uh, evolution of booty making in our household. Shrikhand, which is a thickened yogurt dessert with saffron. Uh, which my mom would hang the the yogurt and a cheesecloth out on the deck for like the day. Um, <laughs> and then we would pull it in, add in the saffron and the cardamom, and that would be dessert. Sugar but, or no? Yes, sugar sometimes, but mo- like a little bit. It was never uh, a lot. Uh. Um, and then on top of that, uh, we'd have our little like salad, which is just... L- iceberg lettuce, tomato, and onion with like lemon juice squeezed on it. Um, That's the salad of Mark's childhood. Yeah. <laughs> Wishbone. Same. That, that's Wish our, bone. that's what we had growing up. As like the years progressed and our family got bigger, cooking for the whole family got difficult. So we started doing these like potluck-ish Indian American meals where we'd have something called Mexican bear. Bear Booty is like a chat that's made from puffed rice. Usually you add like onion, tomato, green chutney, tamarind chutney. Um, I like to compare it to like a savory cereal. <laughs> but Sounds good. It's delicious. We started doing a Mexican version of it where it would be all the items, but then we'd add like salsa instead of chutney, <laughs> shredded cheese. <laughs> um, that's how you knew you were real Americans. 
I've had the I've had the Indian version. <laughs> bastardize <laughs> other people's yeah. cultures. Oh, another one was eggplant lasagna. Um, <laughs> and the way we ate it was on a hoagie roll. <laughs> Sounds really good. So we'd make the actual eggplant lasagna. So it'd be like layers of lasagna noodles and um fried eggplant and sauce and cheese. And then the way you served it is you would take it and there's so much ricotta in it that it never really held up when mm. you would serve it. So you would put it in a hoagie roll and eat it like a sandwich, like almost like an eggplant parm situation. Um, that was a very big favorite. Enchilada casseroles was another big favorite. <laughs> so you're really, you're just going full American at this point. We you're went really full American just... towards the end. <laughs> and then it got to the point where the family was so big that no one wanted to make, uh, like bring in bits and pieces of the meal. So now we just get everything catered and I'll bring desserts. And like my desserts have been like, oh, mango lassi macarons, which was, is in my cookbook. I've made a jaggery monkey bread one year. Oh my gosh. Um, so I, I started doing more American desserts because I found mitai for that many people was too difficult to make. But I can make two nine by 13 cakes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Listen, you got to enjoy yourself. You don't want to be cooking for hours on end. Oh. I'm all about the potluck. Someone was telling me the other day that they went to a potluck wedding. And when they got the invitation, they were totally shocked and like kind of grossed out. But then when they went to the wedding, it was the greatest thing ever. That sounds kind of nice. Everybody I they know, loved had love contributed that. something. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. But I too was like, whoa, what? And then you sort of think about it and it makes sense. Yeah, I love that idea. Well, I want, I want, we have to ask what you had for dinner last night because that's always our last question. But um, before we do that, can you just tell us what you're doing to celebrate Bali this year? So this year I am winding Making a part tortillas. Of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am actually going to a couple of Diwali parties for my friends' houses. I am in the process of um, moving and building a home. So we have nowhere to host yet, but I'm ready for next year. Um, but I'm making desserts and then I'm, I have uh, a bakery, milk and cardamom sweets.com where I am setting up to make a bunch of Diwali desserts to sell online. Um, and that's kind of my Diwali. And then also celebrating with, um, my daughter and like her schoolmates cause they have a Diwali kind of like little education thing that they're doing that I'm going to be going to. Cute. She's so lucky. Are you selling your desserts? Are you shipping nationwide? Yep, I ship nationwide. Okay. Awesome. And I'll have special desserts specifically just for Diwali this year. So they're uh, nice limited edition items. Okay, cool. I'm going to order some stuff. So yes, we do ask everyone, what did you eat for dinner last night? So I made pasta because my daughter was flipping out wanting pasta and um, I took leftover tomato soup, turned that into a sauce with some basil and cooked some pasta for her. <laughs> you ate that also? Yeah, I ate that too. I was like, okay, fine. Hedel, it was so nice to talk to you. It was really fun. Thank you. Really fun. Thank you. We are sharing a recipe from Hetel today called Shrikhand Parfait. But it's long enough such that I'm going to read just the head note, and you can find the whole recipe on the Bitman Project. The link is in today's show notes. 
Shrikand has got to be one of my favorite dinner party desserts. It's mostly found in the western states of India and is made of hung curd, a thick and creamy drained yogurt. It's similar to Greek yogurt, but 100 times creamier and thicker. It's typically flavored with saffron and cardamom, and if you're feeling fancy, you can add mango puree or rose water to it. I changed up the original recipe to add more textures to the dessert. Crunchy cookie crumbs, juicy fresh mango, fluffy whipped cream, and thick shrikand all in one bite. This parfait looks absolutely beautiful, and it takes a little time, but it's mostly an active time, resting and such. I suggest that you make it. Thank you to the warm and super dynamic Hetal Vasavada for being our guest today. Follow her on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Milk and Cardamom. Her book, Milk and Cardamom, is out now. Also want to say thank you to Mark and thank you to our wonderful engineer, Davis Lloyd. And thank you to Moby for our theme music. And thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.